Hello and welcome to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day and thanks for listening. A quick note before we get started, if you are enjoying the show and you're listening on an iPhone, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help us showcase our guests to a wider and larger audience. A few weeks ago, I spoke with Jake Surrey and Gemma Russell from Fountain and we spread our conversation across two episodes. It worked really well and it was fun to mix things up with a new format. I wanted to continue to try new things on the show, so over the next two episodes I'm going to be speaking with two people from the same company again, but this time interviewing each one in a separate conversation. And the company that we're speaking with is Electric House, which is a social media publisher that is based in Birmingham. I'm sure you'll recognise their work if you've been active on Facebook over the last few years, and we're going to be learning about them more through the two guests that we have lined up for the show. In this episode I'll be speaking with the head of social, Abby Swindell, talking about social media strategy and how brands can stand out. Next week, I'll be speaking with the CEO of the company, Lee Wilcox, about creativity, risk-taking and top-level strategy. So let's get started and I'll introduce Abby. Hi Abby, how are you today? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks. Could you tell us a bit about yourself and Electric House for us, please? Yeah, of course. So I'm Abby. I'm head of social at Electric House. We're a social media publishing group. So we don't only create content for our clients, but we also have communities as well, which we distribute our content to, which kind of separates us, I suppose, from our competitors slightly. These communities that we've got then are um, on the tools and on a budget. On the tools and on a budget are both predominantly on Facebook, on the tools being for construction workers, and on a budget being all about saving money in any way possible across like home lifestyle. So just kind of like a background of my day to day, then I suppose I'm mainly responsible for managing the communities, making sure that everything's running smoothly within them, um, ensuring that we're on top of all social updates and working on strategy for both the communities to make sure that everything we're doing is at the top of our game and that we're not missing anything new within the social sphere. And I think it's important to add that those communities are huge in size. Do you have any numbers that you could share with us? Yeah, so both of our communities then are sitting around the 4 million mark in terms of followers and members across all social platforms. The main kind of difference being with the communities is that our On The Tools community is predominantly male in the UK and On A Budget is predominantly female. So we've definitely kind of got the best of both communities there. So chances are, if you've ever seen a funny construction video on Facebook or a budgeting tip, then they will most likely have come from On The Tools or On A Budget. Yeah, yeah, probably so. The final thing to mention before we get started is that you won Young Social Media Marketer of the Year at the Social Media Marketing Awards last year, which is an incredible achievement, so congratulations. Yes, I did, yeah, which was amazing. First award that I've ever won within my career as well, so that was at the uh, Social Media Marketing Awards um, down in London. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a really big moment for me, that was really, really chill. I'm sure it was well deserved. So let's get started and chat about socials. <laughs> So first off, I bet it's nice for you, Abby, since you have several successful communities, but you also work on the agency side. So I'm assuming that allows you to oversee lots of campaigns that vary in size, budget and goals. Yeah, we do. So yeah, we do really kind of get to see the, the best of all sides of social, really, from setting up new communities, some of which haven't worked in the past, but some obviously have, and also a range as well with, with brand and client accounts. So yeah, we, we do get to see all areas of the social world, which is really interesting to see. 
You've mentioned the word community a few times already. What's the difference between building a community on socials as opposed to just starting a brand page? Um, I'd say the main difference with a community is the relationship that your audience has got with the brand as such. So we definitely see on the tools and on a budget as their own individual brands. However, we tend to refer to them as communities more so because they're spread across multiple different social platforms. And it's the relationship that our audience has with that niche. Um, so with On The Tools, for example, we're, we're very much tapped into the construction industry as that's who we're really, really targeting to. So the community that we have is the construction community, if that makes sense. We see our followers more so as kind of like the core of everything that we do. Like without them, like we wouldn't have all of these different channels that we've got. So the community is, is the base of everything we do, really, which is why we refer to them as communities. So you work on social campaigns for both your communities and client brands. How do you make sure that your content stands out and reaches the right audience? So I'd say the main thing is really understanding what the brand's niche is and and what really makes each individual brand and page kind of stand out from their competitors in that sense as well. One thing that we'll always preach is the fact that niche communities are are the way to go really so and that, that that's something that we've always been really passionate about growing is is communities within the social space that might not necessarily have a presence on social yet but definitely have the scope to grow and every brand has its own niche so it's kind of hammering home with that and also making sure that I suppose that niche fits with with the audience as well so what is it that that audience wants to see um, and once you kind of hit both of those areas the scope for for a huge amount of growth for any brand or any publisher really as long as you understand both of those key topics and do you find that there has been a specific type of content that has been working really well for you at the minute, such as humour, video, informative posts, or does it all depend? Um, I think it plays to both, really. I think it depends on the platform that you're on, what brand messaging you want to get across, and I suppose what kind of content that your audience would want to see and why they're on your page to consume content, I suppose. So with On The Tools, we've very much been focused on um, short form humorous content from from its early days but very kind of quickly developed to more long form documentary content which has also gone down really really well with the community and I think something that um, as a social team like we really try and push quite a lot is especially because we've got such a large audience is creating content that is helpful to our audience whether that be how-to videos with on a budget and how to do things for a cheap cost around the house or whether it be kind of hard-hitting documentaries with on the tools kind of talking about topics that our audience wouldn't necessarily talk about so I think more so than anything it's um it's a trial and everything so you're not going to necessarily know from the get-go like whether it's going to be humorous or informative or short form or long form content that kind of works best for you but one thing that I would say is pay attention to the platforms that you're wanting to approach so yeah, if you're approaching Facebook, I'd definitely say long form video content is the way to go. Whereas if you're looking to approach TikTok, it's much more short form video content. So I suppose it's kind of weighing up resource and where you can invest your time. And also looking at the tone of voice on the platform as well, because different platforms have a very different kind of demographics, which means that it will have a different tone of voice. 
So the best way to learn is to try new content ideas across different platforms and then monitor engagement levels to find out what works and what doesn't. Definitely. And it's something that we're always doing. And what a lot of people wouldn't see is, I suppose, all the videos that that haven't worked as well, which we'll, we'll never do again. Like there's a lot of time that gets invested into these test phases where we'll come up with a new series idea and we'll put all the time into prep and we'll go out and shoot it and it, and it won't work as well as what we'd hoped it would work. But it's kind of going through this cycle, I think, and you'll land on a series or you'll land on a video idea that just absolutely smashes it out of the water. But it's it's always been the same with social, isn't it? Like you can you can think of an amazing idea and you're like, yep, yeah, that'll be that'll go down so so well, and then it just doesn't. But yeah, it's definitely trial and error is definitely the main thing that I would say with everybody. Just don't give up with it. Like don't be disheartened if. If a piece of content doesn't do as well as what you'd hoped it would do, because I can guarantee you one of them will. Absolutely. And I think if you have this great piece of content that didn't quite work out, then you can always change things around. So, for example, you could turn your blog post into a long form instructional video. Or perhaps if a long form video wasn't working, you could reach out to a podcast host and ask them if you could talk about it on their show. There are lots of things that you can do rather than just throwing your great content away. 100% yeah there's uh there's so many different ways that you can kind of approach um just one single piece of content um especially with video content as well so you could do say like a 10 minute long video on youtube cut that down to three minutes for facebook and then one minute for instagram and do an even shorter version for stories like there's just so much that you can do in terms of video content across social as a whole You mentioned video content there, which sets us up nicely to talk about TikTok for a few minutes. And TikTok also comes up regularly on your company vlog, which is called The Daily Bolt. I've been watching that over the last few days, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts. My first question really is, how can businesses use it, whether that's a multinational or a sole trader that operates on a local level? We love TikTok, as you've just said, like we're all over TikTok at the minute at Electric House just because the potential that the platform's got more than anything. Um, The main reason that I love TikTok is because anyone can go viral on the platform. It's extremely difficult to go to go viral when you're a small page on Instagram and on Facebook. Whereas with TikTok, if you've got a good piece of video content that people want to see, the algorithm's very smart in terms of serving it to people that would want to watch that video and will send that video further. From a brand perspective as well, there's been so many, so many examples from smaller independent brands um, specifically that I've been kind of served on my few page at the minute from from you know young girls who've been setting up jewelry businesses through Depop and their videos have been getting millions and millions of views because they're showing I suppose the process of how they package their items what they're selling and their, their Depop accounts have just skyrocketed and they've become extremely successful on the platform purely just from utilizing TikTok to kind of get their brand name out there so I think the main thing and the main thing that they do so well is they understand the content that works well they understand the tone of voice on tiktok which is very human it's very raw like you relate to everyone that you see like there's no there's no kind of i suppose pressure or judgment on tiktok which i think you do get slightly on other on other platforms so if you can kind of nail that tone of voice and be really human with the content that you're creating you can definitely be successful on there and like i was saying the opportunity for growth in the platform at the minute is huge like we've actually just set up another community um, through TikTok um, called Ministry of 
and one of our channels, Ministry of Science, has hit 122,000 followers in a month, which is we just haven't seen that kind of growth um, with any community for a very, very long time. So it's extremely exciting for us to to be able to kind of jump into a platform and, and see that kind of growth again. But one thing I am doing at the minute with any brand that we work with is just saying, just get on TikTok. Like even if you don't set up a profile right now, just get on TikTok, have a play around with it, understand it, learn the platform, and then like let's have a look at doing something with it because there's just so much potential i think what stood out is that you don't necessarily have to be posted on tiktok and it might not be the platform for you but if you do download it it will certainly expose you to a wide range of amazing content creators and ideas it's cool that you mentioned the ministry of science i watched a video on there before the recording and it really made me laugh and stuck with me i think it was someone from your team talking about how mirrors have a delay so if we built a big enough mirror and placed it in outer space then we'd be able to see dinosaurs apparently <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's max that is uh he's pretty much become the face of the account very very quickly um but he's extremely good at it so so yeah he's kind of been dragged into a uh, being the brand face <laughs> well it's amazing that something as simple as science facts can take your creative content to the next level whether you're a brand or an agency and I think the beauty with TikTok as well at the minute is there's kind of no limit on the on the style of content that you can create a lot of kind of creators are starting to dabble in the more high quality style content which is performing extremely well it doesn't necessarily need to be high quality a lot of the content on TikTok is is low quality filmed on a phone like doesn't need to look perfect if anything like imperfect on TikTok does tend to work better sometimes and like those videos for us um like Max can smash about 10 of those out in a day so in terms of like getting ahead of ourselves I suppose and and being kind of really proactive with our time TikTok's like amazing for us to be able to do that whereas more long-form high-quality content obviously takes a lot of planning it takes a lot of time to film and edit and um, so I suppose it's it's a breath of fresh air for us more than anything, which is why we just love the platform so much, because it's 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 throwing it back, I suppose, to like the days of Vine, isn't it? Which is, you know, what TikTok's compared to a lot of the time, this short form kind of humorous, easy to consume content. So I think it's great. And uh, I, well, I pray anyway that TikTok's got a longer, long future ahead of it. Before we move away from TikTok, do you have any examples of companies that have been using it really well? I believe I saw in your vlog that you mentioned Chipotle. Yes, I love Chipotle and TikTok. I think in terms of uh, what I'd said kind of previously about really understanding TikTok's tone of voice and the content that works well, they do that extremely well. So the content that they'll create will fit in with challenges and they'll use trending songs or sounds that are really kind of like working well on the platform and they'll utilize that in terms of content that's relatable to them as a brand which I think is extremely important um and I suppose like it might be difficult for certain brands to kind of approach it in that sense like I've had conversations with other brands in the past where they're a little bit nervous potentially of kind of tapping into the the humorous fun side they're a little bit worried that it might not necessarily resonate with their brand messaging but they don't necessarily need to go down that route as well they can kind of go down more of an educational route which is something that TikTok have been pushing recently like how-to content or talking about potentially what their business is in an interesting way um which kind of again links back to the ministry thing like all we're doing really is just standing there talking about fun facts that's a great point there are lots of ways that you can showcase your company and products are there any other brands that you think have perfected their content strategy on socials as well 
a good brand that does that alongside it and also does influence the marketing really, really well is Gymshark. I mean, Gymshark absolutely smash it across uh, across social as a whole anyway. Like, I love everything that they do. But in terms of influencer marketing, they absolutely kill it on TikTok. And I suppose they've kind of got that, that slight educational value there as well in terms of like workout content, but also kind of tapping into the whole trending content and trending sounds as well. So yeah, they absolutely kill it. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Gymshark because they really have been smashing it. Some people will probably already know this, but I really love what they did last month. So there was a video of a guy cleaning up the streets in New York after a peaceful protest had turned slightly violent, and he was wearing a Gymshark hoodie. Their team looked into it, located the customer, and they actually refunded all of his purchases dating back to 2018. And what happened was the guy was posting on on his personal channel saying how shocked he was that he was getting all of these refunds credited to his account. So putting marketing aside, that type of action is only going to build a lasting impact on both your customers and your communities. I thought the same thing when I saw that. And I think it's amazing as well. And I love being able to see brands utilising social for good. Um, I think it's very easy with social media marketing to, to kind of fall into a routine, I suppose, in terms of, oh, well, we want to grow our platform or we need to post X amount of videos a week or whatever it might be. But one thing that I've always been extremely passionate about and, um, you know, we've been extremely passionate about as a business is the fact that we've got these followings and Gymshark is in exactly the same position where we can make a difference with the content that we create or the messaging that we put across. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm going to move away from TikTok somewhat now. There's a lot of talk about Instagram Reels lately. Do you have any insights on the effect that they might have? And can you explain the future to listeners that might not have heard about them? Instagram Reels is basically um, Instagram's take on TikTok in that sense. Um, But it's going to be through stories whereby you can create stories to popular sounds. So very kind of similar to um, the dance challenges on TikTok or the lip syncing videos that we used to see on Musical.ly and still see on TikTok a little bit now. I think more than anything with this and um, the main kind of way that I feel about it is it's such a credit to TikTok more than anything that a platform as big as Instagram is, I suppose, trying to to take what works well for them and and utilize it for themselves and we saw the same thing with snapchat in the past with stories and obviously instagram stories took over in terms of being the most popular however i feel like tiktok have have really kind of they've grounded themselves now and they've dominated the space in terms of short form content so more than anything i'm interested to see how how much instagram reels gets used and kind of their take on it in that sense as well and how how they're going to kind of shift that TikTok audience back over to Instagram again. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with Reels and if they take off. Let's go even more generic and include all social channels now. How do you measure success and whether or not one of your social campaigns has been a hit? The main thing for us, and it it completely depends on if we're working with a client, what the client's objectives are. So I suppose in terms of monitoring success from a client perspective, um, it tends to be a little bit easier in that sense because we know what their objectives are. We know whether they want to drive website traffic or whether they want to hit a certain amount of views or whether they want to grow their social following. So in terms of that sense, it's a little bit easier for us to kind of know what the, the benchmarks are. However, when it comes from a more organic perspective, uh, something that has been a huge focus for us more so over the past couple of months and something that we've been really trying to action as well is really like in-depth genuine engagement so not just engagement of somebody tagging their friend because they found a video funny but 
really talking about topics that are important and um, that that the audience is kind of passionate about. So a good example of that is the fact that we've we set up during obviously this whole pandemic, we set up a new live show on the tools called Talking Trade. Um, and that basically allowed us to get people from the construction industry onto a live to talk about oh, well, they don't, they're not sure when they were going back to work or they're not sure what's happening with their pay or there was a whole host of things where the construction industry was very much left in the dark. So it was really good for us to be able to obviously set up this live show, which is still going now and and see like these paragraphs from our audience in the comments talking about like their experience and what they're kind of going through at the minute and their thoughts on the topic. So in terms of success for us at the minute, that's what we deem as successful, if that makes sense. We're getting close to the end of the episode, so I'm going to ask a few final questions. The first one is, do you have any quick fire tips for increasing engagement? Yeah, definitely. Um, Just a couple of tips. I'd definitely say look into what's trending at the minute. If there's any kind of national days coming about that you could potentially jump on or looking at what's happening in the news at the minute, um, definitely kind of look at what's trending. But off the back of that, be asking open-ended questions as well on anything that you post. Like You want to be trying to spark engagement and encourage people to respond. So asking open-ended questions is definitely a good way to do that. And don't fall into the trap of engagement bait either. Definitely a definitely steer away from engagement bait because that'll do more harm than good. And then one final question in this main section. Do you have a favourite campaign that you've ever worked on that you could share with us? It doesn't necessarily have to be the most successful. And one of my favourite campaigns and that I probably worked on um, was probably one of our earliest campaigns that I think we ever did. The client was an insurance company. The actual content itself was uh, UGC um, that we we kind of filmed in-house. And the reason it's probably one of my favourites is because um, Lee was actually the face of the video, which is a bit mad to think about now with kind of where we're at and um, how like established the production side of the businesses thinking about Libby in the face of a of the client video is a little bit funny to think of. but it is one of our best performing pieces of content that I think we've ever posted on the page like not just client work it got into the 30 million view um area so so yeah it was extremely successful and I don't know if anybody's kind of seen it but it was a user-generated piece of four construction workers pretending that they were doing the Grand National round of construction site and then one of the builders fell into a big puddle of water and yeah the builder that fell into the water was actually Lee so uh, so yeah that was probably my favourite campaign. That's amazing I remember that video doing the round so it's cool to hear the backstory behind it. We're going to close the main section here hopefully it's provided some great insights on how you can make a lasting impact on your social channels. As always we'll be closing out the episode with a couple of fun questions. I'm going to ask Abby a few quick questions to close out that focus on her career and any fun stories that she can share. So I'm going to start with a different type of question first of all. I noticed on LinkedIn that you actually went straight from college into your role at Electric House and skipped university. I'm curious to hear about how that transition was. I think the most important thing for me was the fact that I really wanted to kind of jump into the working lifestyle the the thought of uni obviously excited me because it was it was something that all of my friends were doing and um it was something that I've kind of obviously seen a lot of people that I know kind of go for uni and you know have the best time however I was very ready to kind of go into 
into working life and apprenticeships weren't necessarily something that I'd thought about like I'd applied for uni and um, I actually declined all my offers literally about a week or two I think before I'd applied for the apprenticeship at Electric House and I, to be honest I stumbled into social media marketing just by chance but fell in love with it literally within the first two weeks of me of me doing it and um, with Electric House being a startup when I first started literally there was there was four of us I think in the office um, and now we're going on God knows how many, I think close to 60. It was kind of, I suppose, nice for me to be able to watch the watch the business grow in that as well as I was going through my apprenticeship. And it was it was a big leap for me, I think, only obviously being 18 and I went into being into the head of a social position, which I'm in now when I was 19 and managing a team of four. So there was a there was a lot of opportunity for me, which is definitely um, that can definitely be the case for anybody who goes through a, through an apprenticeship. So I definitely suggest anybody who's considering it, even if you don't end up going for an apprenticeship in the end, definitely do your research and definitely have a look at it as an option because it's the way to go, in my opinion. Yeah, that was a really great and detailed answer. I hope that anyone listening that is at the start of their career or perhaps has a teenage child or family member will find value in your answer because I think apprenticeships do have a lot to offer now. So let's finish with the fun one. Do you have a memorable or fun story that jumps out from the start of your career? Yeah, to be honest, and this is this is a little bit of a weird one, to be fair, kind of thinking to the first offices that we were ever in, like literally just up the road from where I live, um, like in our local town and whatever, um, with prison bar windows, like it was definitely kind of like starting level offices. I suppose the the most amazing memory that I've got really and being able to watch the company grow from that point to where it is now is is seeing how involved like me and Ad and Lee were involved with the content that we were creating so I remember one where um me and Ad were filming a filming a story an, an Instagram story for the on the tool shop that we used to have I remember me and Ad just like stood out in the corridor and and me filming him like modeling this t-shirt basically and I don't know why it stuck with me but when I think back to kind of the resource and where we're at now with the business thinking back to me and I stood in this tiny little corridor um, while he's modeling a t-shirt just makes me laugh and I suppose um, yeah it's it's nice to kind of think about how far we've come from that point. Yeah that's funny if you spend a few minutes looking at the Electric House social channels and watching their vlog you'll see how cool and advanced their videography is now. So I'm going to wrap the episode up right here. Thanks for being an awesome guest, Abby. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with Lee Wilcox, who is the CEO of Electric House, to chat about creativity, taking risks and more.